This is The Efficiency Point, a podcast from Modern Pumping Today magazine. I'm MPT editor Jay Campbell, along with our producer Seth Saunders. You can find us online at mptmag.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on any of your favorite podcasting apps. On today's episode, we speak with Edward Tom from Yaskawa, America, about his company's recently released GA500 Industrial Microdrive. We also take a look ahead into the May issue of MPT Magazine and look back on an important day in industrial pump history. But first, some headlines. Our continuing top story is the COVID-19 pandemic. Current total cases of coronavirus stand as of this recording at 4.3 million globally, with just over 1.4 million in the United States. In addition to the life and death consequences related to the virus itself, economic indicators are also showing signs from the pandemic. In the United States, nearly 3 million people filed for unemployment in the past week, making the two-month total in excess of 36.5 million. That's a lot of people. probably getting up there uh, in excess uh, percentage-wise of numbers as high as all the way back to the Great Depression. The World Health Organization has warned on Wednesday that uh, COVID-19 may never go away, and some projections uh, lay out a five-year gap until the pandemic is completely under control. So we're going to be dealing with this for a long time and seeing a lot of adjustments going forward. In positive news, Watermark, the corporate citizenship program of global water technology company Xylem, announced that it's adding its support to UNICEF's COVID-19 relief efforts. The partnership will provide access to safe water and sanitation for vulnerable children and families with Xylem's contribution directed to the most at-risk communities providing critical supplies. UNICEF's uh, COVID-19 Water, Sanitation, and Hygiene, or WASH, response targets at-risk, low-capacity countries to secure WASH services and infection prevention and control, or IPC, in both health facilities, schools, households, as well as community settings. Patrick Decker, uh, Asylum's president and CEO, stated, Communities with access to water, sanitation, and hygiene have strong first-line defense in the fight against the spread of COVID-19. Xylem Watermark support for UNICEF is uh, part of a broader commitment that aims to improve the health of low-income families through water, sanitation, and hygiene education and infrastructure around the world. Uh, For more information, we'll put a link uh, to the WASH program in the show notes for this episode. In legislative news, the U.S. Senate's Environment and Public Works, EPW, committee passed legislation that will make significant investments in water recycling programs and resources. The two pieces of legislation, America's Water Infrastructure Act of 2020 and the Drinking Water Infrastructure Act of 2020, include numerous provisions that will advance the adoption of water reuse across the country. The legislation includes uh, language to reauthorize the pilot program for alternative water source grants through which the EPA would provide competitive grants to communities to support water recycling projects. In addition, the legislation directs EPA to establish an interagency working group on water reuse to coordinate federal activities across the federal government. Patricia Senecropi, executive director of the Water Reuse Association, applauded the new legislation, stating, The bills passed by the committee today provide tools and investments to help communities address complex and evolving challenges through the adoption of water reuse. 
Uh, Seth, uh, you probably don't know this but because most people don't even think about it, but you know, a lot of the products that you uh, may drink, like from uh, sodas on the shelf to uh, even uh, you know, processed foods, incorporate a lot of reused water. Uh, were you aware of that? Uh, I can't say it's something I actively think about, but when you say that, it doesn't surprise me because um, it just makes sense to me that so much water is reused, recycled, and oh yeah, reintegrated into the into the cycle. You know, yeah, we had a uh, we had a statement from the Water Reuse Association on on that news item. Uh, longtime listeners to the Efficiency Point will remember in an early episode we uh, talked to then President of the Water Environment Federation, Dr. Lynn Broadus, who uh, talked about the. Uh, water recycling and reuse is going to become commonplace. And then places like California, where they're uh, dealing with water shortages uh, routinely in different parts of the state, you know, it may even become uh, the dominant form of getting getting water to people. So that's, that's something to consider. Um, Seth, are you ready for a little industrial pump history? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll sit, strap yourself in. Here come here. Oh, it's story time. Story here time with your pal Jay. The year is 1945. World War II has come to an end. Arthur C. Clarke proposes the idea of the communication satellite, and Grunfos manufactures their very first pump. Uh, today, uh, Grunfos is marking their 75th anniversary, emphasizing their commitment to uh, the pioneering spirit, social awareness, and innovative solutions. In a statement commemorating the company's founding, Mads Nipper, the group president and CEO of Grenfos, remarked, We celebrate the pioneering and socially responsible spirit that has driven Grenfos since the beginning and continues to drive us today. We carry that mindset forward with a profound commitment to fight the imminent climate and water challenges affecting us all. The uh, official anniversary was actually just the other day. You know, we're recording this on Wednesday the 14th. Uh, Grunfos actually started uh, 75 years ago on May 12th, and uh, Grunfos employees celebrated in their local teams, many of which took place digitally. You could actually log in and watch them online uh, because a lot of them were working at home due to the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and here, here's where story time kicks in, Seth. The, uh, the pump company's history began at the end of the Second World War when a Danish engineer, Paul Dugensen, was asked by a local farmer if he could procure a pump. And because uh, they were living in the aftermath of German occupation after World War II, uh, you can imagine there was a shortage on pretty much everything, including um, uh, farming and water removal equipment. So Dugensen decided that he would just build a complete water supply system from scratch. And the solution proved such a great success in the area, it laid the groundwork for the company we know today. Uh, he went on to found the uh, Grunthos Company as an inclusive and collaborative workplace. And as quoted as saying his motto, if you're on your own, you can do a little, but you can do a lot when you work together. So isn't that, isn't that a nice little uplifting note? Uh, yeah, that's actually a, a pretty cool story. Yeah. So it's an important day in, uh, in pump in industry history, and uh, you know, maybe we'll check in with some more, more history as, as time goes on. Hey, 
Edward Tom is Drive's product manager for Yaskawa America's Drives and Motor Division. The company has recently released its GA500 Industrial Microdrive, which is our May issue's featured product. And we're pleased to have him join us on the podcast. How are you doing, Edward? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Jay. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. And uh, so what's a bit of the history of the GA500 design, and where does it branch off from earlier Yaskawa products? Ooh, well, with the GA500, the history actually is a pretty long uh, lineage going back. Um, but just starting more with the recent one, it does replace what... Um, our current uh, product, uh, the V1000 on there. And what it does is it's, it's taking its main core items, the ones that we feel are, are great benefits, uh, great design points for it. And where it really branches off is by adding to it, making it easier to use for, for customers, um, a little bit um, more user-friendly. Uh, and also when it comes to just the operation of it, have it so that if a person needs to interface, it, uh, interface with it later on, and do any troubleshooting, make that also easy for them as well. Um, so the biggest thing with it is that when compared to its predecessor, it's uh, something we like to say is easier to use. It has uh, more capabilities built into it in terms of its, its control portion and also an expanded horsepower range, so pushing the limits really of, of what would be considered a microdrive. So who would be the target audiences for the GA500, and, and where do you see you know the, the problems out there in the industry that this product is trying to solve? Well, the target audience for the 500 is any industrial application, so industrial pumping applications of that sort as well. And really what it's, it's intended to help is, one, make it easier or, and make it, uh, make it so, it's, so people interface with it, whether it be mounting, programming it. Um, first thing we want to do is make it um, kind of relieve some of the, the tension that some people might have with it. So if it's their first time interfacing with the, the device, a lot of times some people may look at that black box and kind of freeze up a little bit. And, and we want to make sure that the, when they do take a look at it, they have the information and they feel comfortable with it. So that's one of the main things we wanted to, to try to address with it. Trying to, uh, trying but, to get rid of that uh, monkey staring at the monolith feeling. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because a lot of times you kind of look at it and if you're not, and, and if it's completely new, and I think many of us have done it many times, um, you really are just scared <laughs> and, and you don't know how uh, that, you're afraid of breaking it, we'll say. Um, so that was one of the big things we wanted to do. But I mean, in in VFDs in general, just drives in general, um, one of the, two of the things that we also want to do, and I think with, it's been done just in drives in general though too, is just the energy savings aspect of it. Um, be able to run, be able to run at whatever speed that they need to, um, and also uh, lower the, the the maintenance portion. Um, when you are able to vary the speed uh, more on an electrical uh, stamp uh, from an electrical means versus mechanical. What you now do is also eliminate some of the uh, maintenance uh, that's associated with having the mechanical components in there. Um, so a lot of it really is intended to to make it a lot easier, simplify a lot of the systems uh, that are out there so that there's not that higher complexity and there's less to worry about, whether it be from the beginning of the design phase with someone creating the machine all the way to the end user having it installed at their, uh, at their facility and doing any, any maintenance and any upkeep that they need to do of the machine and which may include the drive on there so once people get over that that initial 
uh, fear of breaking the machine and they feel more comfortable mm-hmm. with the uh, with the 500. Uh, what have been some of the initial reviews you've been getting? How, how has it been succeeding? Well, the 500 is actually very new for us, so we're actually still getting it into the field. Um, so I don't have a lot of feedback yet. Uh, most of the feedback from just what we've shown off has been positive so far uh, with its design, the way it interfaces, and some of the tools that we have available for it. Um, so a little bit uh, a little bit of time will tell how people are going to, to feel once they get into the machine. Uh, but if it's anything like its predecessor... Uh, the V1000, uh, really good reviews, uh, really good positive feedback on that. Um, people like that compact size, the, the capability of being able to run their application and having that pr- uh, precise control out there. And I would feel that because it's built on that same platform uh, in terms of the, the um, design criteria of it, I think it's going to perform just as well, if not better, when it comes to uh, being out there in the field. And you've already talked a little bit about the the ease of use aspect of it. Um, how how does this drive expand on what customers can do once they do have that familiarity? Um, some of the things that it can expand on it, once they get over the hump of just being able to program and get their motor running or get their pump running. Um, there's a lot of other features on there that can help with both their machines and their design. Um, one of the things is its, it's network capability. Um, there's been definitely a lot more talk nowadays and a lot of movement of just getting things uh, onto some type of a communication network. Uh, right. Certainly we've, we keep hearing, um, whether it be industrial internet of things or industry 4.0, uh, a lot of it is, is getting it so that we can get the information across the line and be able to coordinate it with a lot of other things that may be present. And with the GA500, it offers a, a full line of the uh, a full line of options for a lot of the major industrial protocols. So uh, some of the ones that um, people are familiar with, uh, particularly here, would be Ethernet IP. Uh, but there's also Profinet, MyBus TCP, right. and having that capability definitely gives it its, its uh, give it, gives it the advantage of getting onto that network and be able to provide people that uh, visibility on there of what it's doing and also control if they go uh, that far. So once the GA500 pulls that data out, how easy is it to share across a, uh, across a facility or even across multiple facilities? Um, that portion usually relies more on the control portion, um, so the people setting up the system. So we make a lot of that data readily available, um, and how that's shared on there is really more network topology and network layout at that point. Um, so if they have a historian that they're running, um, they can pull that off of there. If they have a, a PLC that they're using just to control maybe the machine level or through there, um, they can certainly grab all of that information from it. So there's no restriction in the sense of um, where the J500 would send the data. It's just how the network really uh, is laid out at that moment. That's great. And, uh, and how would you recommend users take full advantage of the GA500? Oh, boy. Um, with it having so much in there, um, I would say it's probably going to be very difficult to take advantage of everything that's in there. Um, I would certainly say that with all the flexibility that's in there, um, a person can really take advantage of it uh, in terms of knowing what their application is and knowing what they want to do. Um, Or even if they have plans of different things. I I guess if I were to expand it, really... 
if they had thoughts of ways to improve their machines, um, increase the, the throughput of it, however they want to do it, they can also they can definitely take a look at how uh, how they want to achieve that through um, using the drive. Um, again, with the going back to to the information the drive can provide, they may be able to find uh, some information that the drive provides to them, and it indicates to them that. Um, the machine is running in a certain way, and they can maybe push the limits on that. Um, so that might be from a throughput. Uh, if I look on the flip side of it from a maintenance standpoint, um, certainly the drive has its maintenance monitors to, to alert um, users uh, how, how the drive is performing, where it, uh, when it may uh, require some uh, routine maintenance. But at other points, some people have um, taken some of the advantage of some of the other monitors that are in there to help them also indicate if there's a problem or if there's a, a pro, uh, or something arising on the machine to pinpoint that uh, and and be able to take care of it before something catastrophic happens. Um, so current is the first thing I'm thinking of where they may monitor current over time, and if over time, as they're mapping it, they see it keep going up and up and up, they could indicate there's some type of a mechanical buildup and bind-up and help them determine, hey, we actually need to go take a look at this and, and schedule some maintenance time to evaluate this before it becomes a big issue. Um, and certainly everyone could probably feel the pain of if when a machine goes down in the middle of a production run, um, nothing is being with nothing being done, they aren't making any money at that point. But from a factory standpoint, now they're they're kind of dead in the water. So um, this at least helps them plan for it and and avoid that situation. That sounds great. Now, um, in terms of ease of use, in terms of everything running well, and what to do when you know there's a production shutdown, how easy is the uh, GA500 to program? Does it need to be hooked up to main power first, or can it be programmed before you install it? Oh, man, this thing has the ability to be programmed in multiple different ways. So um, traditionally, uh, you've always had to apply main power and use the keypad to navigate through it and, and navigate the different menus. Um, but with some of the with the architecture of the drive, we can actually connect it up to uh, whether it be a PC um, or a mobile uh, device, particularly an Android device that supports USB on the go. And using either DriveWizard Industrial on the PC or DriveWizard Mobile on um, on a mobile device, we can plug into it via the USB and program and, and send the parameters in there without any main power applied. So where there are situations where um, certainly, you might have something that's installed onto a machine, the main power runs haven't come up to it. If a person is ready to program it and say that's a different person than who's wiring it, um, they might be able to go in, put in a, a parameter set in there to get it prepped, and then when it is time to, to run the machine, it could be a, uh, at a point where they know the parameter set well enough that they know the machine will run, they don't need to be present, or it becomes a shorter time uh, amount of time that they're going to need to spend uh, troubleshooting and, and looking what uh, on other things that might need to be done with the machine um, and maybe even fine-tune it at that point. So um, so really nice to be able to do that. Um, other times where the ability to program without power is, um, say a unit comes in, it's maybe considered a spare unit. And if it's dedicated for a particular uh, application, you could have someone 
program it right then and there while it's still inside the box and have it marked off for that uh, as a spare for a particular machine so that if it does go uh, so if the drive does go out um, years later the drive fails and we usually it usually happens at two three o'clock in the morning a person uh, someone in maintenance can go in grab that spare put it in and wire it up and be ready to go and and get production going in a very short amount of time so helping to reduce that downtime for them so you can pull that downtime to just a matter of you know arguably just minutes right out of the box pretty much yeah yeah That's amazing like i said earlier the ga500 industrial microdrive is our featured product for the may issue but edward where else can people find more information about this product uh, you can definitely go to our, our website, the Yaskawa.com website. Uh, we do have a, a nice landing page for it at uh, Yaskawa.com slash GA500. Um, it gives you some information on the uh, GA500, and from there it leads you to the different resources that are available to it. Uh, and we do have something where if you do want to submit a form on there, it gives you a link to a, a lot of our documents um, that are, or actually all the documents that are associated with the GA500, so make it a lot easier for, um, for a person to be able to find what they're looking for uh, just from a single uh, document. Well, Edward, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Jay. Thank you. All right. Take care. The May issue of MPT is heading out to subscribers this week, and our water and wastewater solutions section, Stacy Belanger and Troy Heimerl of JWC Environmental follow up on their recent webinar, No TP, Now What?, with an article highlighting the unseen consequences of a pandemic on wastewater systems. As some consumers found themselves with limited access to toilet paper, they've turned to other materials for their hygienic needs, materials that can have a serious ramification in the sewer system. In this month's Pump Solutions section, we put the spotlight on new arrivals in the industrial pump sector. Joshua Allen of Xylem Industrial Solutions runs down the details on the company's new EMP, EXC, and vertical turbine pumps. These heavy-duty additions to the Xylem catalog are on the cutting edge of pumping and process technologies. Also, Durapump, a leading pump company in the UK, contributed a primer on why mechanical seals fail. They list off some of the most common as well as some more overlooked causes of wear and damage to seals in a pumping system. That's well worth a look. If you're not a current subscriber, just go to mptmag.com and click on the subscribe tab for a free 12-month subscription. This has been The Efficiency Point, a podcast from MPT Magazine. Follow us on Twitter at ModPumpMag for updates on our next episode. Today's episode was produced by Seth Saunders. I'm your host, Jay Campbell. Stay safe, and thank you for listening.